Hey guys, well, we are super excited to announce that we're on CastBox now. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, and it does have all your favorite podcasts, okay? Okay, you can still listen to Dumb Gay Politics wherever you get your podcasts, but we just want you to try CastBox. We literally hate every single other podcast provider, as you guys know, and especially the main one, and you know which one we're talking about. And we're super excited that we're finally on CastBox because we think it's the best. So try it. Uh-huh, it's all shit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that because we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast a dumb gay political podcast Ooh, it's all shit it's all shit Ooh, it's all shit it's all shit i mean are we gonna die i don't know I, I, you're extreme i am extreme it's all shit uh uh this shit is bananas b a a a a a s this shit is trumpas t r u m p a n a n a s what? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we are talking about reality TV. And girl, all I want to talk about is reality TV. We might have to change the podcast. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I hate politics. I never thought I was going to say this, but I hate it, too. It's I'm so I over it. I fucking hate it. I hate all of them. The Kardashians started on Sunday. All I want to do is talk about Kardashians and Adnan Syed or Adnan Syed. Motherfucker's still in jail. I want to talk about him, too. I want to maybe we could just make the podcast like watching documentaries and and (laughs) and talking about the injustices from the documentaries that we watch that we can't believe are still happening. Because I'm telling you, I could give you a list. I don't know if I'm going to be able to um, continue watching things that like whatever the blood documentary or whatever where it's just injustices because it's making my tolerance for this podcast very low yeah no i i was gonna i was going to tell you to watch even more of them like what like really get crazy such as um the one with the son that your brother wants to go down and kill the guy yeah i mean you said that one is a good one if you want to sit and cry because the injust you the um, a letter to Zachary, letter to Zachary, something about my son or whatever. It is probably one of the um, saddest and most unjust thing I've ever seen in my life. So that's why you're crying. You're crying because you can't you can't believe like you can't believe, first of all, just how sad and there's whatever. But the injustice, you can't believe it. Yeah, I just can't take that. I can't believe it. With politics today, there's just too much of it. You know, and um, that Adnan Syed just had me, we had to immediately put on the Kardashians to cleanse the palate because they feel like they've been done dirty and they really haven't. Right. I when mean, they said, oh, we can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like there's a guy who's in jail for 20 years for a crime he didn't commit. Right. So you're I'm sorry. You're like their names are Kardashian breaks. Like they get nothing but breaks. It's breaks all day long for them. You're so rich and so have everything. And I know. Listen, I Chloe said everyone goes through things and that's true. But I mean, 
No. <laughs> so on. that's on. on. We're going to be all over that because I need I need reality TV in my life and I need a break from this. So this, this politics, you guys are this episode. It's really oof, it's frustrating. It might come back to we might have to do a dumb gay politics of reality TV. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, that could be considered our Patreon. If you're interested in joining www.patreon.com slash dumb gay politics. We had a Skype call with Tim Curry this week. We talked to Tim Curry face to face. We paid like $300 <laughs> from the service mm-hmm. and we had three minutes mm-hmm. and we're going to tell the whole story. It was a hairy, um, fucking hair raising <laughs> episode where we had to be in Julie's truck and, and do like the hot spot from her phone <laughs> and we're driving on like a basically a one-way street and there's nowhere to p- pull over yep. and I'm like I'm not fucking talking to him by myself <laughs> if he comes on right now I'm hanging this up I'm shutting the computer yep. and she's like I can't fucking pull over <laughs> and so that's if you want to hear that story sign up for our Patreon because we're going to talk about that this week mm. um you never know. You might see Tim Curry on this podcast or... You never know. Who knows what oh. our what our continued relationship with Tim Curry Just will be. Just imagine Tim Curry being interviewed <laughs> on the podcast when Tim Curry, who sings Sweet Transvestite, ends every podcast. Every podcast. You'll have to do the Patreon if you want to know if we told him that. Um, and we got a postcard. We got a postcard from Jen and Jess. They say they're one of the 14 because they share a Patreon. And you know what, Jen and Jess, we love when people share the Patreon. We want that. Yeah. We want people to share the code. It makes me feel very Netflixy. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. and Julie share yeah. all of our codes uh-huh. for everything. Yep. And so they're from Brooklyn and they're sweet les at a soccer game and they're going right on, <laughs> Come on. right in the drug den Come on the bulletin board. On. We love you guys, <laughs> Jay and Jay. And then we got this letter from Max R and he sent us, what did he send us, Meow Meow? He sent us a box of scrunchies. 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 He sent us a box of scrunchies and like. With, uh, are the, with, with the, the DGP logo on yeah. them. So they, it's a huge box of all these fluffy scrunchies. All different colors, yeah. all ruffly and so cute with, the, with our logo on it. Um, we definitely got to send one to Jennifer Johnson, our, oh, our yeah. esteemed digital artist yeah. who invented the logo with us. Yep. She designed it. Well, we designed it, I guess, and she 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 made it. Yeah. As she does everything for us. She's a genius. And Max, when I was reading your letter, I was reading, of course, in the truck. We do everything of import in Julie's truck. And I was like, oh, my God, we should use this as our um, review, as a new review. Mm -hmm. And turns out Max is the one who wrote our original (laughs) review that we use on all of our um, promo cards and all of our promo materials. Mm -hmm. When we when we send letters to try to get guests on the show, we use that review. Mm -hmm. And um, and Julie used to have it printed on like a lot of her stand up stuff. So um, it's just funny because the the. The flair is there. It's it's a flair that appeals to us. He's apparently. a good writer. So you're going to read this letter. Um, okay. Max, like, um, I appreciate that we read your review back in 2017 and that you're still here because I'm quite sure many, many, many of the 14 are gone. I mean, <laughs> I know I would be. Dear Julian Brandy, I'm writing because you've mentioned on both DGP and the Patreon that you're still somewhat in your feelings in 2019. True. And that it helps you to hear from members of the 14. I won't presume to know what you've gone through over the past year, but I felt the need to reach out given how often the two of you have helped me cope with my problems throughout the years. Johnny McGovern, faggoty angel that he is, has introduced me to many queer and queer adjacent artists and entertainers through Hey Queen. 
you two being my absolute favorites. I fell in gay love with you both while watching Hot Tea, which led me to People's Couch, DGP, the Patreon, in your box office, Vanderpump Rules after show. <laughs> you are both hilarious, brilliant comedians. Julie, few things in life delight me more than your indignant, rage-filled fantasies of vigilante justice. Brandy, the same is true... F- of your sardonic, casually savage insults. Julie, your moral outrage and thirst for retribution alongside Brandy's jaded, real politic and desire to feel numb perfectly represent my worldview and my emotions. I mean... That's when I said, we need to put this on our new cards that we're getting. I mean, that is good. I love casually savage insults. In addition to your fierceness, your silliness, and your hilariousness, I always appreciate your displays of character and compassion. Your discussions of major socio-political issues on DGP reveal that underneath it all, you both care about the suffering of others and hope to see the country evolve in terms of its shared values and collective notions of common decency. I believe that DGP contributes to that vision by making politics and current events more accessible and understandable for people who might otherwise be less informed. That's kind of what the review said, remember? Yeah, yes. Even for news junkies such as myself, DGP aids my comprehension and often provides information that I had missed amidst the storm of headlines. I find that hard to believe, Max, (laughs) but thank you. Uh, And then we (laughs) skip to, I tell you all of this to give you a sense of the types of feelings and concerns from which you offer me relief. I find it very therapeutic to listen to your podcast or watch you on hot tea when... I'm in my feelings. You make me feel validated and understood by showing me that there are other people who share my opinions and values. You lift my spirits by reminding me that there are reasons to laugh and to be joyful in spite of the shitstorm and douchebaggery that surrounded us. Surround us. The beautiful friendship and creative partnership that you two share is inspiring and warms my heart when my heart feels broken. Thank you again for all that you do. I hope that scrunchy 19 brings you happiness and fulfillment. The interview with Bill Browder and Trumpgate were major accomplishments, and I'm so proud of you both. Rachel Maddow sees you two coming for her gig, and she's right to be worried. Truly, those episodes of DGP were expert pieces of journalism. That's so sweet. I love that. The next time you two are in your feelings, <laughs> currently, I hope that it will... <laughs> you mean right now? You know, five minutes a ago? second, right now? I hope that it will help a bit to know that there's a gay future lawyer in Boston who values and respects you both. I wanted to get you a gift to celebrate the year of the scrunchie. So I found a company that was able to print the DGP logo logo onto scrunchies. I figured that you could keep some of them for yourself and give out the rest as gifts or promotional materials. So that's um, sincerely yours, Mac. Yep, Max R. Max R. So Max, we are going to, um, well, we're going to keep a lot of them (laughs) because God knows we lose them. Julie's already got them like all in her truck on her like um, gear shift and such. Yep. And we're going to put your handsome, handsome, handsome pictures on our our drug den bulletin board. We're going to put you on the horse right next to Andione and Harry, you know. (laughs) Who thought we'd have more than one horse? I know. So great. God, our our (laughs) listeners are so fancy. I love it. I mean, it really is a dream realized. Um, And we're going to, we have on our website, you guys, um, www.julianbrandy.com. We have a merch section. And if you buy um, one of our shirts that we have, there's four shirts available. Jennifer Johnson has her own shop um, and she doesn't have these. She'll probably make these now because it's like so easy for her. But we'll send you a free scrunchie um, if you're uh, a girl. And then I guess if you're a guy, <laughs> if you're a guy and you want one, just say that you want one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't you could you just wear it on your wrist. It's like nobody's really putting their hair up with it. That's true. But those of you who do, 
<laughs> Listen. Welcome to the 80s yeah, and it's, the 90s. It's scrunchy 19 and we all deserve to celebrate, girl or boy. Yeah. It's, so we will, thanks to Max, we will send that with and will really seem fancy because we also send uh, these Obama postcards that we still to this day don't know who sends them to us. <laughs> we don't. We get, we've gotten we three don't. packages of them and we send those postcards with the shirts, but we don't know who, who Well, if from. you're listening and these are from you, let us know. And since, send us more. And Yes. Because <laughs> now... It really is a, um, you know, like a communal affair. Like the sh- we made the shirts and Jennifer Johnson helped us. And we had help- and then it was like we used the card that somebody helped us. And now yeah. we're getting a scrunchie and that Max sent us. And <laughs> yes. Everything is very familial. Well, it really, it really stepped the scrunchie 19 game way on up. And I am like bound and determined to make this goddamn year the best year of our lives. <laughs> well, let's get to Eye of the Shit Storm. You take some shit. Put it up on the wall, check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall, put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck, put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. Another week without the Mueller report brings another shit storm about the bar report. Now, we told you guys last week that the Mueller investigation ended and Robert Mueller turned his report in to Attorney General Bill Barr. Barr read the enormous report in 48 hours and then summarized it in a four-page report called the Barr Report. And according to the Barr Report, there just was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. It's all fine. Yeah, it's fine. The Democrats and the people paying attention are having none of it, and that includes us. We want to see the goddamn Mueller report and not Bill Barr's bullshit book report. <laughs> if I say report one more time. I know. So if every if, if so everyone spent all week demanding for it to be released. The House passed a proposal that would require Barr to release it and Mitch McConnell blocked the proposal. Of course. But you know what? We'll get to Mitch McTurtle later. God damn. Now reg- regardless of Mitch the bitch, Bill Barr Uh, made a statement promising to release the Mueller report to the public by mid-April. His letter stated that him and his team are coming through the 400-page report, identifying and redacting the following. One, material subject to federal rule of criminal procedure six that by law cannot be made public. What does that mean? Material subject to federal rule of criminal procedure six that by law cannot be made public. Okay, so, so I guess just private Just stuff shit. that can't be made public. <laughs> okay. okay. Two, material the intelligence community identifies as potentially compromising sensitive sources and methods. So keeping your sources safe. Okay. Three, material that could affect other ongoing matters, including those that the special counsel has referred to other department offices. So all those... Um, Southern District of New York investigations. Okay. All the other investigations. Okay. And four, information that would unduly infringe on the personal privacy and reputational interests of peripheral third parties. I. Russia. E. Yeah. And Don Jr., Ivanka, uh, right. Jared mm-hmm. Kushner, Eric Trump, Melania, Barron, the hookers, the mistresses, <laughs> any of his cabinet members, any of Trump's lawyers, and anyone else affiliated with Trump that hasn't already been indicted. The whole fucking thing is going to be redacted at this point. Mm-hmm. But here's the catch. Adam Schiff, the head of the House Intelligence Committee, and Mark Warner, the vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, are by statute entitled and allowed to see the report full and Ugh. unredacted. Okay? So since that's the case, everyone's going crazy. And before Adam Schiff can even see the shit, the Republicans got together to smear him and bully him in an effort to get him to step down 
so he can never see the unredacted report. P.S. Weho called, and he's, it's, he's Hollywood. He's West yeah, Hollywood. Right. He's Adam Schiff, and it didn't work. And he said, bitch, yeah. try again. Exactly. He said, I'm sorry, is somebody knocking at the door? I'm not answering. Try again. I don't think so. No, thank you. Yes. Uh-uh. So at an open hearing, Mike Conaway read a letter on behalf of the House Republicans asking Adam Schiff to step down from his position as head of the House Intel Committee. Now, we're going to play you um, the end of his remarks because it's the only one we can find right. online. But um, it's like the end of Mark Conway or Mike Conway, whatever his fucking name is. He's the Republican mm-hmm. reading the letter where they all talk shit right. to Adam Schiff and tell him right. to step down. And then you're going to hear Adam Schiff. Yes. He, he's very toned down. He's not giving you West Hollywood. No. But he does come correct. Yes. He does a subtle come correct for them. And he gets the point across. So in case you haven't heard it. And I also just want to point out that for you to visualize, I want you to close your eyes, visualize, Uh, mm -hmm. take a moment. I want you to visualize Adam Schiff being cool, calm, collected, you know, doing his faggotry. And also next to Adam Schiff is Devin Nunes. That's right, everyone. Devin (laughs) Nunes is sitting next to Adam Schiff. Mike Conaway is like two seats down. And Adam Schiff has not a problem in making eye contact with both of them. Whenever he says corruption and things such as, he turns, he does whip my hair back and forth and whips his hair and looks right in Devin Nunes' eyes with the death stare. Yeah, and if he should, if if anyone is listening who does music, you need to make a (laughs) remix of... Devin Nunes going corruption and then I want to hear I whip my hair back and forth that way you know what I mean yeah, like a, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. your actions both past and present are incompatible with your duty as chairman of this committee which alone in the House of Representatives has the obligation and authority to provide effective oversight of the U.S. intelligence community as such we have no faith in your ability to discharge your duties in a manner consistent with your constitutional responsibility and urge your immediate resignation as chairman of the committee Mr. Chairman, this letter is signed by all nine members of the uh, Republican side of the House, but the, of the committee, and I ask you to consent to be entered into the record of today's hearing. Are you mumbling back. or what? Without objection. Um, I'm going to turn to our witnesses who are the subject of the hearing today, but before I do, uh, and as, it, as you have chosen, uh, instead of addressing the hearing to simply attack me, uh, consistent <laughs> with the President's attacks, uh, I do want to respond in this way. My colleagues may think it's okay that the Russians offered dirt on a Democratic candidate for president as part of what was described as the Russian government's effort to help the Trump campaign. You might think that's okay. My colleagues might think it's okay that when that was offered to the son of the president, who had a pivotal role in the campaign, that the president's son did not call the FBI. He did not adamantly refuse that foreign help. No, instead that son said that he would love the help of the Russians. You might think it's okay that he took that meeting. You might think it's okay that Paul Manafort, the campaign chair, someone with great experience in running campaigns, also took that meeting. You might think it's okay that the president's son-in-law also took that meeting. You might think it's okay that they concealed it from the public. You might think it's okay that their only disappointment after that meeting was that the dirt they received on Hillary Clinton wasn't better. You might think that's okay. You might think it's okay that when it was discovered a year later 
that they lied about that meeting. He keeps looking and at said it was about adoptions. You might does. think it's okay that the president is reported to have helped dictate that lie. You might think that's okay. I don't. <laughs> you might think it's okay that the campaign chairman of a presidential campaign would offer information about that campaign to a Russian oligarch in exchange for money or debt forgiveness. You might think that's okay. I don't. You might think it's okay that that campaign chairman offered polling data, campaign polling data to someone linked to Russian intelligence. I don't think that's okay. Bitch. <laughs> you might think it's okay that the president himself called on Russia to hack his opponent's emails if they were listening. You might think it's okay that later that day, in fact, the Russians attempted to hack a server affiliated with that campaign. I don't think that's okay. You might think that it's okay that the president's son-in-law sought to establish a secret back channel of communications with the Russians through a Russian diplomatic facility. I don't think that's okay. You might think it's okay that an associate of the president made direct contact with the GRU through Guccifer II and WikiLeaks and considered that is considered a hostile intelligence agency. You might think that it's okay a senior campaign official was instructed to reach that associate and find out what that hostile intelligence agency had to say in terms of dirt on his opponent. You might think it's okay that the national security advisor designate secretly conferred with a Russian ambassador about undermining U.S. sanctions. And you might think it's okay he lied about it to the FBI. Still not arrested either. You might say or that's all okay. You might say that's just what you need to do to win. But I don't think it's okay. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't think it was okay that I kept sniffing <laughs> during it. <laughs> I mean... Let me do it one yeah. more time. You do it one hard one. I mean, it comes down to the fact that could Mueller find an actual crime to prosecute? Maybe not. But it comes down to this fact of, are you okay with the president, the entire campaign staff, the entire administration enabling um, this behavior and also including and enabling the Russian government and Vladimir Putin to interfere with our exactly. actual government. Enabling. Maybe we should have said enabling instead of co collusion, and then it would have been a different report. Right. And and is it okay that, that Donald Trump is compromised? And they're, they're using that word, and they're saying that Adam Schiff is compromised. It's like, compromised how? Nobody's blackmailing him. No. Nobody's got be dirt on him. He's not has, he doesn't have uh, investments anywhere. He's not trying to make money off of anything. He isn't compromised. So try it. Try it, Mike Conaway. Try it, Devin Nunes. Try it, GOP. And they're whispering Try it, Republicans. Thing. I mean, like, he's morally bankrupt. It's like Bill Maher said it. Um, Jake Tapper said it to Mick Mulvaney. He's like, it's fine. No collusion, no schmalusion. Motherfucker's morally bankrupt. Are you okay? Mick Mulvaney right. was talking shit when Trump was the candidate. Like, I'm never going to support this guy. And there he is. Like... And if I knew what his title was, I'd tell you guys, because God knows everyone's like, who the fuck's Mick Mulvaney? Was he like, White House? Is he chief of staff? Acting chief of staff right now? The guy's morally bankrupt, and it's not okay. And every single one of those things that Adam Schiff passive aggressively said is true. It's true. And it, you just decide if you're okay with it. And clearly they all are. They all are. They all are. 
And Leah had a hard on for that speech. She watched it like 50 times. I've watched it twice. I don't think I could watch it again. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, acting chief of staff. OK, all I know is we almost got Adam Schiff on this podcast. <laughs> he ended up being a, a total star in. We started the podcast when Trump got elected in um, like December 2016. And then in early 2017, we sent our, our producer at that time, which was Embassy Row who does watch what happens live. We gave them a list of, of congressmen that we wanted on and we wanted Adam Schiff because he's our representative. Yeah. From, you know, Hollywood, West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So we also did Brad Sherman. Who's the one in Burbank and Sherman Oaks where we live. And Mm -hmm. it's like no word from Brad Sherman. Who are you, Brad Sherman? No one even knows who you are. No. Adam Schiff is like top of the pops. His like, I guess his assistant. So here's what she responded to. She said, hi, Belle. Thanks so much for reaching out. I'm a huge fan of Watch What Happens Live, and I loved Julie and Brandy on the People's Couch. This is definitely a podcast we would consider for the future. Unfortunately, the congressman's schedule is completely booked through the end of the year due to his house intel commitments. Would you keep us apprised of episode topics in early 2018? Thank you, Emily. Well, Emily, it's 2019 and um, people's couch is long gone. So I don't think I think the ship has sailed. And unfortunately, like we said, Adam Schiff got way too deep in the Russia. I game. mean, he got so deep. Yeah, he was just too big. He's like number one now. Yeah, he's it's him and Nancy Pelosi and Maxine. We and want Maxine. Maxine Waters. Yep. So those people, they're just so high profile and they're so busy subpoenaing Trump's taxes yeah. and the Deutsche Bank and yeah. every other fucking yep. thing. So. But you know what? We we are always trying behind the scenes to get these people on. And we we always have a special place in our heart for Adam Schiff. Oh, my God, for sure. And we're so proud of him. So proud for, of like him. what he's accomplished. And the fact that I cannot wait for him to see the unredacted, <laughs> the unredacted. And I love that they're trying. They can't stand it. They can't stand that he's going to see the unredacted because they all know And that's what's so pathetic about the Republican Party. And I'm talking to every single Republican right now. If you're continuing to be a Republican, you are part (laughs) of the enabling. You are. So deal with it. But this group that is trying to get Adam Schiff to not see the unredacted um, Mueller report, it's so obvious that that's why they don't want him to see it. No, they said because they know we don't get to read it, but you do. We have to trust what you say. And it's like, oh, like we have to trust Bill Barr. Right. Exactly. And why wouldn't you trust Adam Schiff? There's every reason to trust him. I love when you said he's not investing in any other foreign. Co- like compromised in what fucking way? He's the guy's not living in, you know, he's not compromised. There's nothing compromising him. So Devin Nunes, how the fa- how the Ugh. fact is that he's still even on a committee is exactly ridiculous. Why don't you go get your money from Twitter and get the fuck out of here. Devin Nunes. Mm. Now it's time, if you thought that was frustrating, now it's time for a new segment called (laughs) Fuck You, Mitch McConnell. Look inside, look inside your tiny mind and look a bit harder Cause we're so uninspired, so sick and tired Of all the hatred you harbor It's not okay to be gay Well, I think you're just evil You're just some racist Who can't tie my laces Your point of view is medieval Fuck you, fuck you 
our new segment called <laughs> Fuck You, Mitch McConnell. The information that you are about to hear is going to evoke every single negative emotion on the spectrum simultaneously. The segment will not have a happy ending, and the only light at the end of the tunnel is death, either his or ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wanted, literally want to call this episode Mitch McConnell Must Die, but Roy Black warned us that it could be considered a crime, so we're probably not going to do it, but we're so <laughs> horrified by what a monster Mitch fucking McConnell is that we might be willing to risk going to jail or paying a fine in order to publicly fantasize about his death. I mean, it's... So on Thursday, Brandy and I were eating Chinese food, okay, at a Chinese restaurant. And that made us think of Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, because she's Chinese. We talked about Elaine Chow and how weird she is all through lunch. We wondered, why the fuck, why the fuck (laughs) she married Mitch McConnell? Just looks wise. I mean, literally just physically speaking, just physically speaking. Yeah, we started going, is it for money? What's the deal? How did they meet? What was she? I mean, what does she have to do to? They don't have kids. Why is her skin so waxen? So, you know what I mean? Um, Why is his? Why are they both waxen? (laughs) Right. So we Googled it and turns out. So it's McTurtle's second marriage. Um, He was married before and he has three daughters. Elaine has no children and has probably never had sex with the turtle. I, 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 I don't think they've had sex. I mean, I don't think they have. I think that he made a deal with her cocaine-dealing father mm-hmm. in China. I think they signed documents. Oh, yeah. And then Elaine was turned over to him. I don't really know, but I don't believe they've ever made sweet, beautiful turtle love. If they've made turtle love, <laughs> it's definitely like um, Handmaid's Tale style where somebody held her down. Oh, no, 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 no. And he like, just did it quick. Well, she's and pretended so she was weird a man. and so waxen and so Grotsky, too. So we're not even going to get into Elaine Chow because we can't even deal. We went in with Leah. We should have recorded it like Leah always says. We should have put it on the Patreon because she's got, you said she's got a shipping company. Please. She's a Department of Transportation secretary. She did nothing. She let Boeing have 50 million planes fall out of the sky. She does dick. She has a, tri- the family has a cargo and trans, um, shipping, what, company. shipping company. And, and they, they're drug dealers. They're drug dealers. And yeah. she's letting their, speaking of cargo coming over the border. Yeah. Elaine's bringing it over the border. Yeah. Elaine single-handedly, I'm quite sure in her family are supplying um, most of America with uh, cocaine. Yeah. They're mad at, they don't want it coming from Mexico because they're looking for it to come from China. Right. So Googling at the Chinese restaurant and going through it brought us to Mitch McConnell's Wikipedia page. And it was there that my life was forever changed. I learned things that day that I cannot unlearn. My head was unfortunately and accidentally pulled out of my ass. And now I can't, no matter how hard I try, get it back up there. Mm. And since I'm stuck with it like this, every single 14 of you must suffer too. Because I cannot be alone with how scary he is. And I don't want to be the only dumb person who now knows that he's controlling everything in Washington and has been since before Obama. Now, we're basically going to read you guys the salient points from his Wikipedia page. That's... (laughs) It's going to be a lot of reading. This is how shady he is that if you just look on Wikipedia... Whose Wikipedia page would you possibly look at where they are actually making a judgment about you? Yeah. Wikipedia literally on the Wikipedia page is basically saying like, this is a monster. And they won't, Wikipedia won't let you do dick unless you have source after source. And it was, the bibliography was a mile long of political scientists being like, shady, scary, fucked our democracy, ruined the country. Oh, 
he makes me want to get back on Twitter. <laughs> I saw you. You know what I mean? I, I was like, I'm going to tweet at him. I'm going to yeah. tweet at him. I'm yeah. going to do it. Fuck yeah. it. What, this, is what, this is what it's for. This is what that it's is for. That is what it's for. Now, we urge you to go back and read it yourselves. Um, pass it on to your friends and families. Post it on Douchebook and Thirstagram. Do whatever it takes to pop the bubble of ignorance that most people are living in. Okay. Mitch McConnell is the reason for everything bad happening legislatively in this country. He's the reason that no problems get solved and no progress is ever made. And if he's not stopped, rich corporate conservatives and religious assholes are going to own Washington and therefore this country. Mm. I mean, it's the most important piece of work we will do aside from Bill Browder and Trumpgate. This this is this makes. For me personally, and I know I already said it, this makes Trumpgate like just talk just a Thursday for me. Like Trump and Russia and even Saudi Arabia and Qatar is nothing compared to this Mitch McConnell shit. This absolutely fucking is a nightmare. It, this information is so unsettling. Yeah. It's crazy. So. Mitch McConnell is a member of the Republican Party. He was elected to the Senate in 1984, and he's been reelected five times since then. In November 2006, McConnell was elected Senate Minority Leader. He held that post until 2015 when Republicans took control of the Senate and he became Senate Majority Leader, which is what he is today. Right. He is the majority leader. He got elected senator of Kentucky in 1984, barely, winning only by like 50,000 votes. He was the first Republican to win Kentucky since 1968, and he used the popularity of then-President Ronald Reagan to win that shit. 1984 gave us so many life-changing artists, too. There was Prince, Madonna, Michael Jackson, and now... We can add Mitch McConnell to that list. Who ever thought? Who would have thought? It's really strange. 1984 really did like mark a turning point from America for America. And it's funny that he's on that for me. I it mean, is. It is. Because who would have thought that? Because we all think of 1984 and we think of music. Yeah. Certainly movies. Coke. Coke. Reagan, Wall Street. Just mm-hmm. say no. Right. Mad. AIDS. Yeah. All of it. And Mitch McConnell. So just knowing that he's. He's in Kentucky and that there hasn't been there wasn't a Republican before him and that he's he's elected every year. I I feel strongly that the that the Democratic um, committee should send a huge amount of budget. And I don't know why they haven't done this. I don't know if Democrats aren't strategic. I really don't know. They're not. Maybe they're just not power mongers. But I don't understand why you don't make a strategic move in a in a state that seems so ripe for the taking they don't care about him they don't give a fuck they're not informed send somebody down take britney jacks jacks's girlfriend right and have her run and they'll all be like we love vanderpump elect britney i <laughs> and, swear and they should care about mitch mcconnell they know that he's the one obstructing everything well democrats so, should but kentucky people don't know oh is right. what i'm saying so i think right. democrats should be strategic and and send all the budget make a bunch of commercials for kentucky right. and get whoever they want a democrat elected so that you right. can get him out of there because after you hear this you're gonna see it's important that the motherfucker skedaddle okay Mm -hmm. early in his career he was a pragmatist and a moderate but he veered much farther to the right over time when gaining power and getting reelected became more important to him than his actual job of representing kentucky as a senator so in alex mcgillis's biography of mitch mcconnell he said that mitch mcconnell transformed quote from a moderate republican who supported abortion rights and public employee unions 
to the embodiment embodiment of partisan obstructionism and conservative orthodoxy on Capitol Hill. The biographer argued that McConnell's transformation was, here we go, driven less by a shift in ideological convictions, instead by a desire to win elections and stay in power at all costs. And that's what he's been doing ever since. Yep. And it's pretty clear. Yeah. It's a well-known fact that Republicans blocked Obama at every turn, making it basically impossible for him to get any legislation through. So Mitch McConnell was the asshole that spearheaded that. It wasn't a Republican strategy. It was a Mitch McConnell strategy. And he proved it bill after bill after bill after bill after bill. You guys have all heard that, even if you didn't realize it or didn't digest it. We've all heard that, like, the minute Obama got in, they just put a blockade up and he could. There was nothing he could do to get anything through. Right. But now understanding that it was literally Mitch McConnell. Right. I mean, Julie and I just learned this year that he was the gatekeeper or within the last year that he was the gatekeeper. And understanding that he was the gatekeeper with Obama. I mean, there's no thing that I could take more personally than that. Oh, well, the second that Obama got in, the, well, he well, he said he was he was committed to making Obama just a one term president. Yeah. So. He's he's been widely described as having engaged in obstructionism during Obama's presidency. In October 2010, he said, quote, oh. the single most important thing we want to achieve is for President Obama to be a one term president. The single most important thing you want to achieve is for Obama to be fail. I guess you didn't achieve your most important goal during Obama's presidency. Minority obstruction reached an all time. high. They did not even have they didn't have the senate they didn't have the house and they didn't have the white house and they minority beat the majority because of mitch fucking mcconnell i can't take it mcconnell insisted that any bill passing through the senate needed a super majority which is 60 votes rather than 50 why they're all letting this waxen fucking turtle tell them what to do i'll never know i know i don't understand i was trying to understand about how like the rules and how it works and with the a super with the, majority the, I, I, I don't understand why one person gets to call these things like the the um, nuclear option and the and there was a the other terms that they use where it's like why is this who and why and who let him do it and it, exactly. it makes I don't, I don't get know. it I don't, I don't get know. it we need somebody to come on here to explain to us how c- Congress works <laughs> you know what I mean he just has the balls Democrats don't do it. McConnell justified the obstructionism by falsely claiming that the 60 vote threshold was the historical norm in the Senate. But it wasn't the norm. He made it the norm. Mitch Mitch McConnell is described as the major figure along with Newt Gingrich, another piece of shit, in transforming the Republican Party into a, quote, party geared increasingly not to governing, but to making governance impossible. Mm. Facing off against Obama, he worked to deny even minimal Republican support for major presidential initiatives, initiatives that were, as a rule, in keeping with the moderate model of decades past and often with moderate Republican stances of a few years past. They stopped trying Mm. to even legislate. It was all about moves like it was all about power it was all about regaining the White House and not about legislating like if you Mm -hmm. guys let that sink in. Obama got elected in what, 08? Mm-hmm. And like, it's now 2019. That's 11 years that we have not had any legislation at all, except for fucking Obamacare, which he had to do an executive order to get. And now they're trying to stop it. And it's like, 
this motherfucker stopped like everything. It's crazy. And they don't care about legislating. No, and but they love to blame Obama for not anything happening when really it's Mitch McConnell's fault. Political scientists have referred to McConnell's use of the filibuster. Now, here's where we get very fucking crucial. As constitutional hardball, referring to the misuse of procedural tools in a way that undermines democracy. So, meow, meow, a filibuster is like what? When they go to a big, long speech? Yeah, they can stand there for hours and hours and hours stopping any movement. So, so, they're- if, so if, say, they're going to say, okay, let's pass a voter thing. Then somebody rolls rolls out there. Nancy Pelosi rolls out in some tennis shoes. Yeah, and she's like she puts there. a diaper on and she's like, "All right." And you know the thing with voting is this, you guys. <laughs> when people vote, here's what they do: they wake up, they have a cup of coffee, they roll down. Exactly. And they, they t- you know what? I'm sorry. Let me. I'm just gonna back up. Yeah. They stop. They go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. <coughs> Hold on. <coughs> Can I just get a glass of water? Yeah. They. They pull their pants down. Yeah. They go p- tinkle <laughs> yeah. on the toilet. It's like Rachel Maddow at the finest. Like the details, the details. Just the, the, to, get, right. to get like what? An 18 hour fucking speech so that it kills the legislation. Yeah. Because they only have a certain number of hours, right? Right. So if I'm to read to you the definition of a filibuster. Okay. An action such as a prolonged speech that obstructs progress in a legislative assembly while not technically contravening the required procedures. It holds up the vote in some way. They might have a a limited amount of time on the floor, but it holds up the vote. So McConnell used the filibuster nonstop, okay, when Obama was in office, when he was the, the Republicans were a minority. So by 2013, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, okay, this is a Democrat, I would Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. No, maybe not. Oh, yeah, it was because he became what you called in 2015. Eliminated the filibuster for all presidential nominations except the Supreme Court. Okay, by the time 2013 had rolled around, half of all the filibusters in the history of the Senate. Okay, the history. Okay, were done during Obama. That means if there's been a hundred in history, fifty of them were during wow. Obama. Do you guys understand that means- how fucking? If I literally have not stopped thinking, I'm talking about round the clock about how badly Obama wants to kick his fucking ass. Obama must go work out and he's, look, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Like, does he want to go and beat his ass into the ground? Yes, he does. He wants to beat his ass into the ground. I wish he'd roll up and just just kick his ass. He also wants to like, like, I mean, I want to say some really gross shit. I know. You like, know what I mean? I want him and Michelle want to go like, fuck yeah, all I want him. To, I want him to like, rape Mitch McConnell is what I want. Yeah. I want him to get raped. I want yeah. him to get raped. I, yeah. I have never, I can't even, I can't. I don't even, think I've ever heard you hate somebody so much. I can't express that. It makes me so scared. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not justice. It's not the way the system's meant to be. The fact that he's been allowed to do it. The fact that no one knows. The fact that he banks on the fact that we're all ignorant fucking assholes watching fucking Luann De Lesseps with our head up our fucking ass. Mm-hmm. And he's right. The fact that he's the senator of Kentucky. No one gives a fuck about Kentucky. Right. Those people don't know what's going on. I mean, no offense. Neither do I. But they don't. And we could get Jax and Brittany elected. I mean, like... It's so easy to take that state and the Democrats have done nothing and if they're sitting by for 11 years and letting him do this, it's 
It's insane to well, me. That's it's insane. It's more, making me insane. Yeah, well, that's what's even more when we... Because we've talked about Democrats being like pussies or like letting things go. And now it's even more... I, it's just like the fact that we now know that they've let Mitch McConnell do everything he wants to do. It's literally as if I'm watching a a 12-year-old boy cheat do things to me yeah or cheat like, and get or cheat, and get, get it. away with it but walk around like asshole. he's not yeah i know somebody producer intern somebody from bill mars listening to this and i know so you can go ahead and put it on bill mars so that it can be taken to the masses instead of 14 fucking people he is such a fucking asshole that in 2012 and this is what really gets you i mean this almost made you crash the truck when i read this to you in 2012 mitch mcconnell pr- pr- proposed a measure Allowing President Obama to raise the debt ceiling. Okay, so he did this hoping that Democratic senators would oppose the measure and they it would cause all this infighting and it would demonstrate like disunity among Democrats. This is like one of his moves. He's like does this now too. literally now he just did it with the Green New Deal. So he he puts up this measure that allows Obama to raise the debt ceiling and he thought all the Democrats would fight. But instead, they all voted yes so he had to filibuster his own, his own proposal <laughs> he filibustered his own shit because nothing could get done it did not matter nothing could get done nothing could get done right and he doesn't want anything to get done because now he can blame obama for nothing right. getting done that's right and that is what everybody's done and that's what trump does now and that's what every all the republicans do obama was the worst president he was the worst president why well nothing got done well nothing got done because of mitch mcconnell that's correct Ugh. <sighs> McConnell delayed and obstructed health care reform and banking reform, which were the two landmark pieces of legislation that Democrats sought to get passed early in Obama's tenure. By delaying Democratic priority legislation, McConnell, again, he fucking stopped everything. He stymied the output of Congress. So political scientists describe it this way. By slowing action, even on measures supported by Republicans. <laughs> uh-huh. Mitch McConnell capitalized on the scarcity of floor time, forcing Democrats into difficult trade-offs concerning which measures were worth pursuing. So they knew they would have no floor time because of him. So they'd be like, okay, do we want this or do we want this? Do we want this or do we want this? Which in turn limited the number of bills that could even be seen, much less voted on. My God. The New York Times noted early during Obama's administration that, quote, on the major issues, not just health care, but financial regulation and the economic stimulus package, among others, Mitch McConnell has kept the Republicans so aligned with him, which allowed him to slow the Democratic agenda and actually defeat many aspects of it. That was the thing is he he was like keeping them all. And how and I'd like to ask them, I wish that we could ask them why I think he takes them in a room. I think I think he takes them in a room and he tells them his strategy, which is which we're going to tell you guys what the strategy is. But I think that's what he does. I think he takes them back there and says, we fuck it. Let's just wait because the people who aren't creatures and monsters and fucking sloths are like, no, we want to help. I want to help my constituents. If I don't fucking pass this, I'm not going to get reelected, Mitch. Right. And he's like, let's just wait. Let's wait and get Obama out of there. Let's not pass anything and we'll get Obama out of there. We'll get a Republican president and we can pass everything you want. But let's just wait. And that's, I think, what he tells them. So mm. McConnell's refusal to allow Obama to seat a Supreme Court justice would de- was described by political scientists and legal scholars as unprecedented mm-hmm. and a culmination 
of this confrontational style, a blatant abuse of constitutional norms, and a classic example of constitutional hardball. So Anand Scalia died. Merrick Garland was... Obama had already maybe gotten one... Was it... Um, well, he got the... What's her name? Yeah. Um, like the first Latina lady. Yeah. Um, Sotomayor. Right. So Obama gets the one lady because he's fucking gangster. Right. Antonin Scalia dies? Dies. Okay. He's going to bring in Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. In an unprecedented move, Mitch McConnell is like, nope. Right. Nope. Nope. Yep. And everyone in the whole world is like, what are you talking the about? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, two people died. That's the way the cookie crumbles, bitch. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And he refused, refused. And then waits until stupid fuck Trump gets in, puts in stupid Neil Gorsuch with the stupid gold convertible fucking gay Mercedes. Yep. And then they get that other guy to retire. Kennedy. And now we got the fucking gang rapist. Yep. Brett Kavanaugh. And you don't see Democrats going... Because the deal is, and we're going to explain this, but they stopped filibusters for everything except Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So he basically filibustered Merrick Garland. Okay. Right. But then after Merrick Garland, before Trump got in, McConnell ended- took away, took filibustering away for Supreme Court not justices because he knew that the second that some Republican president, he, that the Democrats would be like, no. Nope. Yep. And he, he was knew, like, and he knew that he had he to and somehow it. take it. So he, he took, took it away. away. And now they have two. And his whole plan is all about the judges. That's his whole plan. And the justice system, as we fucking know from Jesse Smollett and even Max, who we read his letter earlier, even he knows, the justice system is so fucked. It's so corrupt. Yeah. And now they want to corrupt it even more. Once they own the justice system, the Court of Appeals, right. Supreme Court, all of it on down. They own everything. They decide everything. Yeah. Every fucking law. Fuck Congress. They can circumvent every law in the Constitution with the justice system. <coughs> Mitch McConnell. <coughs> excuse me. Mitch McConnell is literally like the um, emperor in Star Wars. And Trump is like Darth Vader. They called him the Darth Vader of politics. Mitch McConnell. But I um, would argue that he's actually the, um, the, em- the emperor. Well, who's, the the, who's higher than Darth Vader? Mitch McConnell. Oh, okay. The emperor. The guy is, at this point... He's running everything. He's the one, and people don't know, like, where it's coming from. You want to talk about, like, a dark shadow? There, it's There's, like, a... He's, like, he seems normal sometimes. Is that a normal man? And then the normal man goes in a different area and is, like... And yeah. becomes, like, a monster. That's Mitch McConnell. I'm so passionate about how much he needs to go yeah. that we can't even make the title... The title because I will literally get we will literally get arrested because I won't be able to say they won't be able to say but you didn't mean it and I'll be like no but I did mean it <laughs> um, so okay as part of his obstruction strategy and as the leading Republican senator McConnell confronted and pressured other Republican senators who cared about policy substance and who were willing to negotiate with Democrats and the Obama administration political scientists at the time said pure party line voting has been evident now for some time but rarely has the tactic of oppositionism been so boldly stated, stated as McConnell did. He was pressuring Republicans left and right. Right. And the fact that your um, that your stance, that your political like uh, value system is basically just oppose, 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 obstruct, 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 power, power, power. Literally. He doesn't he, literally. care. Doesn't care about anything. Well, so. He believed that any compromises would undermine, this is what you said earlier, the Republican Party's effort to make big gains in 2010 and 2012. So basically, Mitch McConnell learned 
that obstruction and Republican unity was the only way that they could get Obama out of office. So he saw how the Democrats cooperated with the Bush administration Uh um, on No Child Left Behind and Medicare Part D. And because the Democrats um, cooperated, when Bush ran for re-election in 04, he used that to his advantage and he got re-elected. So in Mitch McConnell's mind, he's like, we can't work with Obama on anything because if he's successful in any way, he'll use it to get re-elected. And mm-hmm. what I think is so fucking funny is all he did <laughs> was stymie any progress or any help or anything to evolve in this country and help this country. And Obama still got elected! <laughs> I can't fucking handle it. Like... Nothing has happened. Like we've everything's just gotten worse. Infrastructure, everything. everything, the banking system, everything is so corrupt. Pollution, fucking. I mean, it's and for what? Obama was still there, right? For nothing. Filibusters were a safe way to obstruct because filibusters left no fingerprints. When voters heard that legislation had been defeated, quote unquote, journalists rarely highlighted that this defeat meant a minority had blocked a majority. A minority blocked yeah. a majority. Yep. And now we're not even allowed to do that because he took it away. Right. And why aren't they trying to get that back? I don't know. Not only did this strategy produce an atmosphere of gridlock and dysfunction that was blamed on Obama, it also chewed up the Senate calendar, restricting the range of issues on which Democrats could make progress. I don't know why Obama also, not to whatever with Obama, but um, go around the country, give some speeches on what really happened. And he's... Of course. He's, he's not doing anything. We didn't even clu- include in here, you guys, that when Trump when Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton were running at the very end, you know, everybody always says fucking Brad came on and was like, Obama knew about the dossier. And, blah, and I'm like, Brad, don't talk shit about Obama. <laughs> and so, and everybody always says Obama knew. Mm-hmm. Obama knew that they were going for Bernie. Mm-hmm. And he, and they always imply he never said anything because he didn't like Hillary. And it's like, okay, well, no one does. But mm-hmm. so... What happened is the FBI and the CIA went to Obama and they went to the leaders of the Republican Party and they went to the leaders of the Democratic Party and they sat them down and they said, the Russians have compromised the election. They're in the social media. They're doing fake shit. They've hacked in. They've got her emails. They are fiddling around in here. Mm -hmm. They're getting into people's minds. They fucked this up. Mm -hmm. We need to tell people that this is what's happening so that when they go on social media, they understand that that information isn't real. And Mitch McConnell, this is a fact. Go on the Wikipedia. And it, it is a fact. There's 900 sources backing it up. He said it to Obama personally, if you go on and tell everyone that the Russians are involved in this, I'm going to accuse you of you trying to control the election and you playing party politics and you trying to get Democrats elected because you're going to go on and say the Russians want Trump and Americans aren't going to vote for the people that Russians want. So he tied Obama's hand so Obama couldn't do shit. I like I need Xanax. Like I want to snort it. I'm I'm I think this is so fucking scary. I don't know why he's not. um, It sucks that it's all legal. Like I want him to be arrested i mean it's 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 so fucked up mcconnell knew proposals lost support the longer they were out there subject to attack he knew consent delay would drive down the approval ratings of democrats and obama like newt gingrich mcconnell had found a serious flaw in the code of american democracy our distinctive political system gives an anti-government party with a willingness to cripple governance an enormous edge all you have to be is a naysayer and a hater and nothing will get through and that is what's been happening 
it's become, and I've said this before, it's become the Super Bowl, and it it's not supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to be competing to win. Right. Winning isn't the right. point of this. Right, right. It's just... He's a fucking power monger and he's lost his goddamn wax in mind and I can't fucking handle it. So with the strategic guidance um, of these two congressional leaders, which is McConnell and Newt Gingrich, Republicans launched a self-reinforcing anti-status cycle. First, they made government less functional. Then they highlighted the dysfunction to build mm, political right. support for Republicans. And that's what's happening still. Yep, still and th- doing that's it. what happened. And they're still blaming Obama and blaming oh, and Democrats. And look at what, how Trump talks like the Democrats have lost their minds. The Democrats are insane. They're sick. They're sick people. They're yep. sick people. Yep. They're sick people. And even now you 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 are going to read a thing of where McConnell sent a, a like an open letter about how Democrats need to stop the obstructionism. And it's like, oh, you, you invented that, you fucking hypocrite tool, yeah. liar. We're on to you now. You're not going to keep fooling everyone. Yeah, this is why I wanted to tweet up. Yeah. Because I want to go, well, we're on to you. And I know um, that he's the only person I want to go on Twitter for now. Do I it. I want to just constantly tweet at him. Good. And then have the FBI come and be like, um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. You need to step back from Senator Majority Leader uh, McConnell. And I'm like, why don't you let him come in here and let's have a talk. Yeah, we need to. So um, the University of North Carolina historian Christopher Browning, I, this is the only person I really put in because he wrote, if the U.S. has someone whom historians will look back on as the grave digger of American democracy, yes. it is Mitch McConnell. That's the first quote I'm going to te- I'm going to tweet at him. Good. Okay. And make sure you have to, but you have to put Christopher. Brown that's what I'm, that's what I did. That's what I'm going to do. That's okay, what I good. did. That's what I did. He stoked the hyper polarization of American politics to make the Obama presidency as dysfunctional and paralyzed as he possibly could. Congressional gridlock in the U.S. has diminished respect for democratic norms, allowing McConnell to trample them even more. Nowhere is this vicious cycle clearer than the obliteration of traditional precedents concerning judicial appointments. Systematic obstruction of nominations in Obama's first term provoked Democrats to remove the filibuster for all but Supreme Court nominations. And that's what you'd said before. Then McConnell's unprecedented blocking of the Merrick Garland nomination required him in turn to scrap the filibuster for Supreme Court nominations in order to complete the steal of Antonin Scalia's seat and confirm Neil Gorsuch, which that is what we said before, too. Right. Exactly. Now, proving what a power grubbing monster he is, his, quote, pet issue, shall I say, is preventing campaign finance reform. The current campaign finance laws are the only thing keeping many of these Republicans in power, including and especially Mitch McConnell, who has the lowest rating of all the senators. And he has the lowest state approval rating of any senator in any state. If the laws were to change, he'd never be able to get reelected. That's why he he can't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He has to get money from super PACs. He has to dominate the campaign ads in Kentucky. So they're all like and with all due, I got to go vote for Mitch McConnell. That's who's on TV. Right. Fucking arg. So. He led the opposition to stricter campaign fine. This is the only peace day resistance in this entire fucked up segment. He led the opposition to stricter campaign finance laws. And I mean, we all know that is the single most important issue facing this fucking country. We had Heather McGee on. It is the reason corruption exists, which culminated in the Supreme Court ruling 
and partially overturning the quote bipartisan campaign reform act in 2009 here's the tea the bipartisan campaign reform act was john mccain's bill okay if you don't think i won't dig up john mccain's body (laughs) fuck it i will i will fucking i am never more in love with him than i am recently john mccain i know wanted to kick his fucking ass and that's another republican he stopped a campaign fine. John McCain's like, don't you fuck with me. I fucking was a prisoner of war, you bitch. Yep. I mean, although Mitch McConnell did, I think, fight in the war. So he's in the military. He was in the reserve. Oh, the reserve. Oh, he was a fucking no, no, asshole. No, no, no. He remember his whole thing. He tra- he had he got a letter. He had his dad oh, right. write a letter. He's a little fucking. Oh, yeah. His cunt dad was like a judge. Piece of shit. So I'm sure John McCain should have gotten with Obama and they should have beat his ass in an alley and then they should have fucking raped him. So the bipartisan campaign form act was John McCain's bill. Okay. And now we know you guys, here's the deal. Mitch McConnell can't fucking take that. The affordable care act packed passed on any level. He can't take it right now in this very moment that you're listening to this podcast, Mitch McConnell convinced Trump who is doing his victory lap about the fucking Mueller report. Mm-hmm to join into a lawsuit which is in the appellate courts to overturn Obamacare. The Republicans do not have a health care plan. They don't have one. They right. don't have any plan. No. But McConnell is so fucking mad that Obama got anything done yep. under his watch because Obama was, not only did Obama get reelected, which he said he wasn't going to do, he got Obamacare. Right. And Mitch McConnell has not stopped wanting to kill Obamacare. And the only reason it's not already gone why meow meow john oh fucking <laughs> mccain rolled out oh that's right and did the thumb thumbs down. down honey he was the single vote that killed that fucking bullshit and that is why obamacare stands and it was his final fucking fuck you mitch mcconnell which is the name of this segment and it's in honor of john mccain because that was his big old fuck you to that asshole and that's also why trump keeps going around and keeps bringing up mitch um john mccain Keeps bringing it up, keeps bringing up John McCain, and literally in his most latest speech, got up and fucking was like, oh, you'll see healthcare. And well, just because some guy came down and did the thumbs down, yep. it's like they, they can't. They can't. Mitch take McConnell it. is. Uh, and that's John what you McCain. get, Mitch McConnell. You want yeah. to vote down campaign finance, then people aren't going to stand by you. And John McCain's not scared of you. He no. is not scared of you. And he's going to, with brain cancer, going to do a thumbs down and go kiss my fucking ass. Yep. I'm dying. You can fuck off. Yep. Ugh. The goddamn Wikipedia page is too long, okay? But please go there and read about how he obstructed progress and change in every single fucking area of government and every American's life. Here's the issues. Campaign finance, criminal justice reform, the economy, the environment, foreign policy, Cuba, Iran, Iraq, Syria, fundraising, government shutdowns, guns, healthcare, immigration, judicial nominees, Net neutrality and trade. Hey, Bruce Kavanaugh. Wait, (laughs) Brett. I mean, Brett. Brett Kavanaugh. No, but you like to call him Bruce. Bruce. Bruce Kavanaugh. (laughs) I know you've been itching to do some raping, so just go rape Mitch McConnell. I know, and don't write me a letter and us a letter about like maybe it's me. I'm not. I I don't don't care. Um. If you're curious about the article that Mitch McConnell wrote, it's on Politico magazine. You can just Google time to stop the Democrats obstruction. Mitch McConnell literally today posted this um, article that he wrote. It's called time to stop the Democrats obstruction. Enough with partisan delays. The president's nominees deserve consideration. 
And you just can't even just can't believe it. Believe. He wrote, since January 2017, for the first time in memory, a, minor- a minority has exploited procedure to systematically obstruct a president from staffing up his administration. That's just a blatant lie because you did that and you did it in 2008. And you invented it. You inv- Exactly. You invented it. So fuck off. He did it all. He did it. it so he now currently blocks every piece of legislation from the Senate floor. Um, as we've told you, he's the gatekeeper. He's made it his literal mission to go against Nancy Pelosi's agenda, no matter what the issue is, no matter if it's a Republican issue. Right. He doesn't care. Right. He block. He's like, what does Nancy Pelosi want? We're not doing it. Right. Um, he's in some fucking competition because he's fucking got a thimble dick. So now what's happening, the latest and greatest, he keeps bringing surprise votes to the floor. So basically, most recently, he took the Green New Deal on the Senate floor. He won't vote on voting rights. He won't he won't right. vote on anything and no, bring right. any votes that are of any consequence. He brings the Green New Deal knowing no one's ready to vote on that. It's not even really ready to be voted on so that he could prove that it's a stupid piece of shit and that Democrats aren't for it. And he wanted to make some statement to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because he's a little bitch. And instead, all the Democrats, instead of fighting among each other like um, he wanted them to do, they all just voted present. Mm-hmm. That's At least they did that. Yeah. <sighs> now it's time for So There's That. <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find us. So there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the nightmare called our government. She hates doing it because it's fucking impossible, and I don't blame her. But after learning what a dick fuck Mitch McConnell is, <laughs> we could all really use a so there's that right now. So meow meow, what'd you come up with? I mean, all we... <laughs> it seems a little inconsequential now. <laughs> okay. Well, what can you do? There's not really a So There's I That. Wish this is that the I most could... intense episode I for know. me that we've ever I done. I mean, I'm sorry that my So There's That is like, last night I raped Mitch McConnell. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, I hope we ask cancer, anything, <laughs> anything, anything, please, Ugh. God. Well, this is going to seem a little trite, but let's try and think of it in a grand scale. Okay. Um... It does get harder and harder, and I, I really even stopped writing it halfway through because yeah, I was like, talk. I'm just going to talk. But I did find this little story, and it really did warm the dykels of my heart. And as a, a – I even hate to say that I'm gender nonconforming because I don't even feel that way anymore. I'm a woman, and that's it. And the way I present myself is just the way I present myself. But um, I do have to say that the freedom to decide what I wear is probably one of the greatest gifts I have in order to find some semblance of physical comfort. Um, I would die if I was forced to wear a skirt or a dress. I would die. And I know this sounds, who cares, wearing a dress, whatever, Mitch McConnell needs to get raped. I mean, you know, but if you really just, you know, think about what you wear and how it makes you feel and just that little bit of freedom and that little bit of comfort. And even when you feel fat or you feel insecure, it's just, you're at least choosing what you want. Yeah, you're like if doing... someone forces you to be in a bathing suit. Right. And you, you like at your job or right. 
And you're like, no, I don't. I can't be forced to do that. I just right. feel exposed and right. vulnerable. Exactly. Now, women in the military and in other sectors of American life are still forced to wear skirts or dresses as part of their uniforms, while men are still given the freedom and courtesy of wearing pants. Now, I'm not against uniforms at all uh, if it's specific to the thing that needs a uniform. It's not a thing that turns me on. But as far as like things needing a uniform, they need a uniform. So fine. However, when you delineate women's wearing skirts and men wearing pants, you write there that is a form of um, sexual assault. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, and it's not, and wearing a skirt, it's fucking uncomfortable. And you can't do the same things that a man can do in pants. You just cannot. You're worried about your fucking underwear. Your (laughs) legs are fucking hanging out. You can't do running because you probably have to wear stupid fucking heels. And it's just like a whole thing. It's not. You can't kick ass in the skirt. You can't kick ass in a skirt. You're not going to go kick someone's ass in an alley in a skirt. Or if you do, you have to take your shoes off and you're just like, fuck it. I'm going to pull this thing up and I'm going to yeah, let my pussy out. your feet are all bleeding. Or dick or whatever the fuck. can do it in that one movie. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying, okay. I think removing. Now in, uh, in schools, there's also still uniforms. In schools, then Catholic schools and religious schools and other military schools, people have to wear, these kids have to re- wear uniforms. Now when it comes to schools, I'm actually kind of like not that against it because it, it um, I think removing the stigma of fashion from kids' lives can be a good thing. So, yeah. so, you know what I mean? They should it, still be allowed to wear pants. Exactly. Girls. It equalizes everyone economically and all the body shapes and identities are all on the same level. However, there are still many schools that in their uniform policy make girls wear dresses or skirts and boys get to wear pants. And it drives me fucking crazy. And I know I was watching this thing on the military where like they're in trans people and if you if they ban trans people from the military or whatever or if they don't uh, accept somebody's gender identity... If you identify as a certain gender, but they don't recognize it, you will be forced to wear the clothing of the gender that you that they say that you are rather than what you say that you are. And regardless of that, it's just like, let everyone wear fucking pants, especially in the military. I digress. There's a school in North Carolina that um, was making girls wear uh, skirts, but a judge ruled uh, recently that requiring girls to wear skirts at school violates the constitution. And I shed a tear. <laughs> <clears throat> um, <laughs> quote, the skirts, re- the skirts requirement causes the girls to suffer a burden. The boys do not simply because they are female. The ruling stated a North Carolina school's policy of requiring girls to wear skirts as part of their uniform was struck down by a federal judge for violating the constitution's equal protection clause. The skirts requirement causes the girls to suffer a burden the boys do not have, wrote U.S. District Judge Malcolm Harris in his ruling. I'm so glad it was a guy. Yes. The lawsuit against Charter Day School in Leland was originally filed in 2016 by the ACLU on behalf of three students aged 5, 10, and 14. One of the kids said, I created a petition to ask my school to change its policy that says girls have to wear skirts to school or risk being punished. I mean, being punished. My friends and I got more than 100 signatures on our petition, but it was taken from us by a teacher and we never got it back. Now we're turning to the ACLU for help. The student's lawsuit argued that skirts requirement was a distraction from academics, inhibited physical activity, and required girls to be cold and uncomfortable. (laughs) The school claimed that the skirts requirement and other policies requiring, quote, chivalry 
were a necessary part of their mission to instill traditional values and establish discipline. Get out of my business. Yeah. And also, you know what? A guy can be chivalrous when a girl's wearing pants. Okay? I'm sorry. And I'm not against chivalry. I think a man should open the door for a woman. I do. And I don't care if the woman looks like me. Open the fucking door. Yeah, and I don't need the wind blowing up my skirts, my pussy hangs out. No, you don't. It contended these policies contributed to respect between students and academic success. Under the school's policy, punishment for violating the dress code ranged from calling parents to removal from class and possible expulsion, but no student was ever expelled. Uh, The plaintiffs in this case have shown that the girls are subject to a specific clothing requirement that renders them unable to play as freely during recess, requires them to sit in an uncomfortable manner in the classroom, causes them to be overly focused on how they're sitting, distracts them from learning, and subjects them to cold temperatures on their legs and or uncomfortable layers of leggings under their knee-length skirts in order to stay warm, especially moving outside between classrooms at the school. Defendants have offered no evidence of any comparable burden on boys. So I just want to say, I think that's great. Girls should be able to wear motherfucking pants if they want to. Because, yeah, their legs are cold. And, like, I'm just happy that it happened. It doesn't mean that you're gay or straight. There's no sexuality put on it. But the fact that girls can just wear pants and boys can wear pants and everybody's just wearing pants. You know why? Because it's more comfortable. You're freed up. You don't have to worry. Your legs aren't out. Your pussy or your dicks are not out. Your balls aren't hanging out. You're not sitting on your balls. You're not sitting on your pussy balls. Nothing is, you're not worried. All you're doing is fucking sitting there and, and focusing on what exactly that you have to focus on. So thank you very much, Judge. And I'm glad that all those girls get to now wear pants. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. We look at your picks on the bulletin board and appreciate you every day. We hate everyone who doesn't listen to this podcast. That is true, Mitch McConnell. But I'm going to get you to listen. Now, we won't hate you if you don't listen to our Patreon podcast. But we won't (laughs) love you as much as the people who do. So if you want the deepest of our love, go sign up for our Patreon podcast at patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. It's only $1 and it pays for this stupid fucking podcast. Yeah, this one. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review on iTunes. Just go on there and hit five stars so the number of reviews go up. I don't even care. Hit one star, whatever. (laughs) We just want to pretend that we have more than 14 listeners. So when we email Pete Buttigieg or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or when we re-email Adam Schiff, they consider coming on for an extra 10 seconds before deleting the email and deciding that they're not going to come on. That's right. And we're (laughs) also going to contact Kellyanne Conway and Omarosa Banigault. Yeah. So we want the reviews, the number of reviews to be high so that it just it just gives us some cachet mm-hmm. when we're trying to get the big guests like Bill Browder. That's right. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. Fuck you, Mitch McConnell. Fucking asshole. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dying because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day. 
But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme Maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old steve reeves movie i'm glad we caught you at home could we use your phone we're both in a bit of a hurry right we'll just say where we are then go back to the car we don't want to be any worry well you got caught with a flat wheel How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you... Stay for the night. Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 